Hey everybody, welcome to the USF preview show here on Florida Teams. My name is Dylan Spalding. I'm one of the writers here with Florida Teams here this afternoon as we get you set and ready to go for the upcoming USF season here in 2022 as the Bulls take on BYU heading into Saturday. And there's a lot to get into with this USF team heading into the 2022 season. A lot of new changes coming into this year, a lot of transfers. This is probably one of the biggest transfer classes we have seen from this USF roster and from this USF program in general as a lot of moving pieces have taken place and a lot of recent moving pieces as well. We're going to get into all of this today here on this preview show as we look at the state of the team here and some of the key components heading into the upcoming season. Talk a little bit about Jeff Scott. Jeff Scott's an interesting topic to talk about among the USF faithful. Talk a little bit about that. Look at the schedule as well. Look at some of the players who will be making an impact on this team this upcoming year. And then with the recent expansion, how is that going to affect the play in the American Athletic Conference with a team like USF? You know, who will be playing teams like Cincinnati, like a Houston, like UCF, who all three will be moving to the Big 12 Conference heading into the 2023-2024 academic calendar here of as of next year. So a lot to get into, lots to touch base on. And let's just kind of kick things off here, talking a little bit about this USF team. Looking at this team heading into this season, they come into this season ranked ninth right now as we speak in the media preseason poll. According to the American Athletic Conference voters, they gave them 71 points in the preseason poll for the conference. So coming in ranked ninth, Obviously, this team, a lot of developing pieces. You look at the way this team has been the last two years, only three wins. The three wins come off the Citadel, Florida A&M, and last season, the only win that is actually D1 FBS-level football teams, which is the Temple Owls. That was our last season win last year. So this team for USF, not a lot of wins the last couple of years under the Jeff Scott era. And you looked at the last couple of seasons for USF, it's really been a lot of struggling, a lot of downfall, a lot of turnover, really ever since the Quentin Flower season. You look at 2018 for this USF program, you bring in a guy like Blake Barnett, you have Charlie Strong heading into his second season, coming off a Birmingham Bowl win that year. And you look at that team and you look at those first seven games and you're not wowed by this team, but this team is resilient and found ways to came back. Then it just got to a point where it bit them in the rear, and unfortunately so, the USF Bulls did lose a couple games, and actually they lost out that season in 2018. Charlie Strong, the year after, will end up being fired from USF, and then that's when the coaching kind of carousel, if you will, for the new USF ball coach kind of really came into play. So again, really lots to talk about here for this USF team you know, heading into this upcoming season, because really under the Jeff Scott era, this is really his kind of sophomore season, if you will. You'll look at that 2020 year, really you could throw that out the window if you're any fan in general in terms of the college football season. That was such a weird season with the schedule being reduced. A lot of teams opted out that year. You really can't take into effect that USF schedule that year. A lot of things changed that season. We played a team like Notre Dame. We had like three weeks notice for that game. Granted, 
wasn't the best of games for us in terms of that game. I remember watching that game itself and was just thinking to myself, this is not really turning out as I was hoping, or at least was, you know, planning on wanting it to turn out. So again, one of those things where 2020 was just kind of such a weird year. You can't really take into effect what Jeff Scott did as a head coach. Again, they got a win against the Citadel. Give them credit where credit is due. They still got a win against a very decent Citadel team that year. So give credit where credit is due. The Citadel, definitely a decent opponent for USF that season. And then last season, you look at last year, beat Florida A&M last year, a pretty good program last year for college football. I believe they ended up making the playoffs last year in the FCS um, Division One level. So again, Florida A&M, a pretty decent year last year. And then the Temple win as well last season, you know, was kind of a big win for this program because, you know, we hadn't won against FBS level opponents since 2019. So it's been a while since then, since we won an FBS style game. And, you know, this schedule really, I wouldn't say plays into our, you know, benefit, if you will. This is a very tough schedule. And again, we'll talk about that here as we keep going through this podcast. But yeah, USF comes in ranked ninth. I think that's a very respectable spot right now. I would say that's more on the conservative side. I do think this team is bowl eligible. I think with Gary Bohannon Jr. coming in as the number one quarterback after his 27 touchdown season last year with Baylor, the kid is very, very, very mobile. We know that obviously from watching him play at Baylor, but his awareness of just watching the field and, you know, finding that open hole in the, I would say, you know, I would say in the field, if you will, because he really has great prowess of the field. Um, I really am intrigued to see what Gary Bohannon will do. And again, we'll get really more into him as we get later on in this podcast. But yeah, USF comes into this season ranked ninth. Again, very conservative, but I do think that's a logical reason. You could probably argue maybe there can be over like a Tulsa or maybe over a Tulane. But right now, as I speak, I really see USF at this point as the ninth ranked best team in this conference. I don't see Temple. I don't see Navy really doing much of anything this season. I don't think they had a very good recruiting class this season as well. Um, so just some things to kind of keep an eye out here as we head into the upcoming season. Um, yeah. Again, I think this team can go six and six, but I think Gary Bohannon Jr. needs to talk, really step up this offense. We look at last season, this offense struggled. Ninth in points per game last year, ninth in total team touchdowns this year. This team really struggled. Timmy McLean last year, who was our starting quarterback for a majority of the season, remember Kate Fortin and Timmy McLean were basically splitting reps throughout most of the season, which has kind of been the case the last two seasons, if you will. We had Jordan McLeod in 2020, and then this past season, Timmy McLean and Cade Fortin, Cade Fortin, who was the transfer, who a lot of people thought may be an interesting guy to watch out for last season, didn't really end up kind of holding up his bargain, if you will. And Timmy McLean last season really kind of stepped in, became that kind of guy who will be interesting to watch out for as we continue on through the kind of next couple of years as he develops. And unfortunately, Timmy McLean's now gone. And we'll we'll talk a lot about a little bit about where he's going and how that's going to be play really interesting into the, I guess, future of this rivalry between USF and a specific team, uh, UCF. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, no, USF heading into this upcoming season needs to really, really, you know, upgrade offensively. And they did with Gary Bohannon Jr., excuse me. Um, Again, last season, ninth in points per game last year. This team was not really productive, Um, you know, and when they were productive, it was in garbage time. You look at that Gators game last year, a lot of people look at it and say, oh, you know, USF outscored the Gators in Tampa 17 to 7 in the second half. I look at that and you look at the box score, you look at it, 16 minutes left to go in the game. They scored two touchdowns and they had a field goal. Really, they did not outscore Florida. Florida basically at that point, you know, they had control of that game. At that point, it was basically over. USF was just basically scoring garbage time points. This USF team last year, again, they were they were competitive, but they just didn't have enough in the this team to really win games yet. I think they were still infant last season. I think this year is really where you're going to see this team step up. And one of the big guys last season, and really I think one of the stars last season, I was really excited to watch him play last year, was Jaron Mangham. And what a year he had, man. 15 touchdowns last season, 671 yards on 160 attempts last year for this team. And it's going to be interesting to see kind of the battle between him and Brian Batty. Now, Brian Batty's an interesting guy because he returned a lot of our returning touchdowns last year. He's an All-American from last season, a consensus consensus All-American, and really had an interesting year last year. Wasn't big in the rushing attack. 324 yards and only one rushing touchdown last season. So not a lot of rushing opportunities for him. Again, when you got a guy like Jared Mangum, who's going to get you 15 TDs, really take away a lot from your quarterback in terms of Tim McLean being a freshman last year. You know, really that kind of, you know, helps you out a little bit when you have a running back like that in Mangum who is going to get you, you know, a couple yards per per down and such, or a couple yards per play, I should say. And um, really, again, he he dominated last season and really was one of the bright spots for this USF team who really struggled last year. Again, um, this offense was not very productive last season, and Jeremy Mangum was one of the few bright spots last year in this offense. And really one of the staggering things that I think was kind of nerve-wracking when I saw um, and I was going through the stats, it was Timmy McClain, eighth in passing yards with 1,888 yards, five TDs last season. That's a little concerning when you look at a guy like Timmy McClain, who I think could have been a project QB for this, you know, program. Now, would USF had, you know, kept Timmy McClain, or should I say Timmy McClain would have stayed at USF and would have kind of developed as a QB? Would have been interesting to see the dynamic there and how things could change with the whole Jeff Scott thing, because here's the thing. Jeff Scott is in an interesting situation right now. I don't think he is gone. I don't think the guy is, you know, in a make or break season where Jeff Scott's going to have to, you know, figure out ways to try to keep his job. I don't think he's at that point yet. I think these two years, these past two years for any college program, especially a lower level college program like USF, who hasn't had much success in the last few years, it's in a decent conference. But again, the lower tier of the AAC in terms of when it comes to recruiting and just the level of uh, the team itself at this point, um, you know, I, I don't think you can really look at Jeff Scott and blame Jeff Scott for any of the last two seasons. A lot of things have changed these last two years because of COVID recruiting has changed. A lot of things had trickled down and really got affected by COVID-19. And 
you really can't blame Jeff Scott for any of that because he didn't really have a choice in all that. Jeff Scott had to kind of make with what he had and has kind of worked to try to build this program. This year is his first year to really get an opportunity to build this program the way he wants to. Because if you think about it this year, he can really more – there's a lot more recruiting opportunities this year than there was in the past two years. You know, a lot more things are opening up. You're able to get it to a facility. You're able to scout a little bit easier now. It's a little bit different than it has been in the last two years where it's been really tough to recruit and it's been really tough to scout. This has really been a big year for USF, and I think it's really a turning point year for USF because of all the new talent that's came in, a lot of the D1 transfers, guys from Minnesota, you know, Big Ten schools, guy like Gary Bohan Jr., as we mentioned a few times on this episode right now. Um you know, really guys who I think are going to make impactful contributions early on. And and really that's what you need if you're USF, because you have so many young guys coming right up through this program. And I think there's a lot of talent in this program. It's just, I think we're so young and inexperienced that having some of these older guys is really going to be interesting. So again, a lot of interesting dynamics, if Timmy McLean would have stayed and maybe, Jeff Scott is, you know, maybe maybe the dynamic changes with Jeff Scott. Maybe something happens where Jeff Scott isn't the guy. Maybe they need to bring somebody in to develop Timmy McLean. But with Timmy McLean gone, a guy like Gary Bohannon in, Jeff Scott's got the guy. Like, he's got a guy who should be able to get this team where it needs to be. And, again, the record may not show it, but I think if this team can be competitive and give themselves a shot to make it to a bowl game this year – I think that's a very, very successful season in terms of a USF fan and also in terms of USF in general, in terms of the program. So again, a lot to be excited for here for this program. But again, Jeremy Mangum returning this upcoming season as well as Brian Batty. And again, interested to see Brian Batty and how much reps he will be getting this upcoming season because Gary Bohan Jr., obviously you got the running back in Mangum who, you know, you're not going to pass it every play, obviously. And in college, it's, you know, you see a lot more passing and such in college. But when you have a guy like Mangum, who's a beast in the backfield, 15 touchdowns again for this guy last season, I mean, you're going to want to hand off the ball to him a decent amount and try to get him the ball at any time he can because, you know, he was the best, best player last season and he really had a great year last year. So it'll be really interesting to see the dynamic not only between Mangum and Batty in terms of the amount of reps that both guys are going to be getting, but also the dynamic between uh, Bohannon and Magnum and Mangum, excuse me, my bad, Mangum. Uh, (laughs) And it's going to be interesting to see the dynamics between those two guys here heading into this upcoming season. But again, the offensive production in terms of passing really wasn't there. The biggest guy we had last season was Xavier Weaver. Xavier Weaver, really is an interesting pass catcher. Um, You know, he wasn't flashy last season. He had two TDs and a little over 700 receiving yards last year. Um, Again, the, the offensive production in terms of passing was a really big concern last year. Only five TDs for Timmy McLean. That's very concerning last year. And to bring in a guy like Gary Bohannon Jr., as we have mentioned, 27 TDs last year, the guy really balled out last season with Baylor. He had a great season last year with Baylor. He won a Sugar Bowl. And the guy has a track record and 
With 27 TDs, that's what you like to see. He had 18 passing and nine rushing touchdowns. So the guy is not only mobile, but his passing ability is there. And I think that Gary Bohannon Jr. is definitely going to step up this passing game, which is something that I think this team really needs. You can't rely on the running back every time. And if you keep feeding the ball to Mangum, it's going to be very easy for the defense, especially in college. College is such an easy, at least level in terms of to kind of read defenses and, it, you know, or to read offenses, excuse me. And if you keep just pushing that ball down their throat, yeah, it could be effective, but not every game is going to be like that this season, especially with some of the teams that we play this upcoming year. So Xavier Edwards going to be definitely a big part. We also have Jimmy Horn Jr., a sophomore receiver coming into this season who I think really could be a bright spot. I really want to see the production from him last this upcoming season. Last season, not a lot of talk about from him, but I really want to see how he can do because I really do think he's a dynamic receiver, and I think he could be really interesting to watch out for this upcoming year. But a little bit more to talk about is more on the defensive side. Now, the defense did not have a fantastic year last year. If you look at the defense's statistics, statistically, excuse me, the defense really did not perform very well. And they allowed the second most amount of touchdowns in the American Athletic Conference with 55 touchdowns. And they allowed the second most in average points per game for 34.7 points per game allowed to opposing teams offenses. I mean, that's very, very concerning, but one bright side from last season is our big four. That's what I'm calling them this upcoming season. You'll be seeing a lot of that, but the big four Williams, LaPointe, Greer, Boyles, all of them had two picks last season. All four of them had two picks in the season in 2021 last year. And they all really contributed on that secondary and they're all returning. And one thing that's great about this, and I love that they're all returning this year and they're all seniors or juniors, or in the case of Greer, a grad student. And this is massive because I think our secondary is going to be very, very deep. I think this is going to be one of the better secondaries. I mean, Williams is an interesting guy. Williams has been with the team for a while, as well as LaPointe. LaPointe's been with the team since 2018. I actually got to watch him play when he played UConn in 2018. And the kid's very, very intriguing. He's a good talent. I'm excited to see him uh, this upcoming season. Antonio Greer's kind of been one of the anchors of this defense the last couple of seasons. And I'm looking forward to his final year here at USF, obviously being a grad student, looking forward to see how he can kind of help out these guys here with this defensive staff. And again, these four guys are all juniors or later. So they're all heading into kind of their veteran seasons. This is going to be a really dominant secondary. I think this is going to be a very tough team to face defensively this year. Um, again, the defensive line scares me a little bit. I am a little bit nervous about the defensive line, but I think the secondary is going to be very aggressive this upcoming season. And I think we're going to have a really interesting season in terms of the, how the secondary is going to play out, because I think our secondary could really win us a couple of games 
And, you know, you love to have a good secondary that can really defend the pass and, you know, really cause problems for offenses. And some of these teams have really good offenses, such as BYU and such as Louisville, where they're very dynamic. So you like to have the secondary who really are reliable, are veterans who can help some of these younger guys out, because that's another key thing. You know, a lot of these veterans are going to try to, you know, help out some of these younger guys and, you know, develop them as well as they continue throughout their you know, tenure here at USF or wherever they may end up going to. So really going to be interesting to see how these four guys play out. And I'm really intrigued to see how they can build off their seasons last year, because all four of them really two picks, that's a very impressive total and 10 total for USF last year among those four gentlemen right there. That's a very respectable season in terms of those four guys from last season secondary. So really looking forward to how those four men will end up playing out this upcoming season, especially Antonio Greer, who's kind of been our anchor for this team the last couple of years. But wanted to talk about, again, a little bit more about Jeff Scott himself, you know, heading into his third year with the program. Only three wins. Again, as I mentioned, you know, the three wins, pretty decent wins. Citadel, a decent program. They've really no slack there. Citadel's a good FCS program. Florida and ms has been a very good FCS program as well. And, you know, Temple's kind of rebuilding right now in terms of where they're at right now. And, you know, they kind of have been in a rebuild since those 2016, 2017 years where they were really dominant in the American Athletic Conference. They were one of the top teams and they were on college game day for the American Athletic Conference. So, you know, really the, the way Temple's kind of been the last few years, they, they're not the same Temple that we've seen in the past where they've been pretty good in the past few years. Um, but, you know, three wins. You know, if you're a fan, as I mentioned, just stay patient with Scott. I think Scott knows what he's doing. It's too early to tell what Scott's going to be as a head coach. You know, these three wins these last two years have been very strange wins for us. And not in a way where I'm meaning like we won them in strange ways. I'm saying it in a fact, just the way this team has been these last couple of seasons. Um, you know, the team has been competitive. I mean, you look at a game like last year, UCF, USF, very competitive game. UCF was a very good team last year. And we almost beat UCF in the bounce house. That's not an easy place to play. I know it's a rivalry game, but just an example, this team was very competitive last season, had a lot of opportunities to really win ball games. I mean, I was at the Houston game last season and this team returned a touchdown to open the game. So, you know, this team had some momentum heading into the early portions of these games at certain points last season, but it's just the execution to finish. And with having some inexperienced guys, a lot of times that comes with mistakes. And we saw a lot of mistakes last year. This team did have a few mistakes last season, and I saw a lot of it last year. But I do think this team in third season with Jeff Scott, a lot of things will be cleaned up. Got a lot of veterans now, a lot of guys who are, you know, heading into this upcoming season. And again, the schedule might not be the most, you know, it might not be something where we can, I would say, benefit from, but I do think that we can be very competitive in every game. And I think this first game is great. And we're going to really talk about these games, uh, especially the non-conference games more so than everything else. And I want to begin off with BYU, man. This Saturday, opening day, 4 o'clock start time. If you're in the area, definitely come out and check out that game. It's going to be a really exciting matchup here for the Bulls because – this is a great test game, man. I mean, this really is. BYU last season, very nice year they had last year. They ended up making it to a bowl game last season. And, 
for BYU, you know, one and one in the series, a very infant series, because again, these two teams have never played each other. I believe it was 2018. They hadn't played each other at all at that point um, in football, at least. So one and one in the series, USF won the first game, BYU won the second last season um, in BYU in Utah. So BYU and USF tied as we speak, heading into this upcoming um, third game in this trilogy, if you will. And uh, again, the only win came at Ray J. It was in 2018. It was with Blake Barnett. Um, I remember watching that game too. It was a, a very interesting matchup. I was looking forward to it as well because BYU's always been kind of a consistently pretty. I want to say, I want to say, dominant every year, but they have been a consistently bull quality team this is a very quality program they've produced a lot of good talent out of this program um so they've had a lot of success over the last 10 15 years in just making bowl games at least i mean they've really done a good job in just staying consistent as a program the last couple of seasons but this is a great test for usf you got a team coming in ranked 25th in the nation and you know both teams gonna try to prove themselves BYU wants to stay in the rankings. You know, BYU is going to come into this game saying, listen, you know, we want to try to, you know, stay ranked heading out of this game. You know, USF, interesting team. A lot of, you know, questions heading into this upcoming season. Um, you know, a lot of them that will be answered. And I think really, if you're USF, we'll answer a lot of these questions on Saturday. I think this is such a great starter game. I'm so happy we're not playing a FCS school. And no, no, no disregard to any FCS school. There's a lot of good FCS programs out there, a lot, like North Dakota State, South Dakota State, stuff like that. Um, BYU's just they're, – they're a good starter game. This is a team that's possibly going to be Power 5 quality, and next year they're going to be in the Big 12. This is a future Big 12 school that has Power 5 qualities to it, and I think this is a great opportunity – see where USF is at in terms of the talent level, in terms of the playing ability, and just get these guys kind of going again. I mean, it's going to be a really exciting crowd. I hope a lot of fans show up for this game. I do think it will be a pretty good crowd for this Saturday's opener at 4 o'clock and Ray J. And, again, it's against a ranked opponent. As we speak right now, that is the only team that is currently ranked, as as we speak right now, I believe. Um, Florida isn't coming into the season ranked. They do have Anthony Richardson, who I do think will have a better second-year season now that Emory Jones is gone. Kind of a similar situation with Timmy McLean now not being here with the program. Kind of a guy who stepping away from the program. And it gives now the starter, in this case USF, is going to be Gary Bohannon Jr. In the case for Florida, uh, Anthony Richardson. Really gives them kind of more spotlight. They can kind of focus more. If you look at USF's quarterback group right now, Bohannon is right now the only like sophomore or above player on this team. Everybody else is a freshman. So there's a lot of young quarterbacks on this team. Excuse me. I, I stay corrected. We have one sophomore quarterback on this team and that is it. Everybody else is freshmen. So, you know, there's a lot of young talent on this team in terms of the quarterback position and really nobody that I would say is actually ready to take over the reins like next season, say Gary Bohannon ends up going to the draft or something. Nobody that I would say is ready to take over the reins yet at quarterback. Um, we do have one quarterback that I could say would be interesting for um, the kind of future watch, if you will. 
Um, and that quarterback is our quarterback, Marsh. He's a, a returning quarterback from last season. He did play in a game last year against the Florida Gamers. He had one completion for one attempt. So not a lot of sample size from him, but Travis Marsh is going to be the guy who's going to be very interesting to watch out for here as he is in his second season. So again, really going to be interesting to see kind of how he maybe develops as a quarterback, but a lot of our guys right now are freshmen. So really nobody I would say that could take over Bohannon's spot right now, now that Timmy McLean is gone, but nonetheless, let's get back to the BYU game. Again, this should be a really interesting matchup for USF. Um, I do have USF losing this game. I do think this will be a very tough test. I think BYU is just the better team. I think they're going to be the more well-prepared team for this game because USF still going to be trying to figure out a lot in this game in terms of what Gary Bohannon Jr. is going to be like, how the team's going to function offensively. What are they going to really you know, focus more on, the rushing attack or the passing attack? I think it's going to be really a key to see kind of where they're – you know, target is going to lie in, in terms of the way the offense is going to run and also the way the defense is going to run. I think the defense is going to be very secondary heavy. We'll see a lot of picks. I think this season, I think this defense will have a very solid season. Again, the, as I mentioned, defense line is a little bit interesting, but I think that secondary is going to be very, very intriguing to watch here heading into these kind of games. And these, this out of conference schedule is tough, man. You got BYU here at home again, BYU at home, a little bit more favorable for us, but they're still nationally ranked. They're 25th in the country. That's still going to be a tough game. Florida in Gainesville at the Swamp at night. I mean, that's going to be a very, very tough game. Gainesville is a very tough place to play against an SEC caliber, an SEC school, I should say. Uh, so very tough game. And then you got a team in Louisville, which is a very interesting story. We'll get into that in a second. But you got at Louisville. That's going to be a tough game as well. There's a lot of tough games on the schedule. This opening, like, first couple of weeks for USF is really tough. I actually have them going, like, one and six to start out the year. It's unfortunate, but it's kind of how the cookie crumbles. Like, the way this schedule is built for USF right now is very difficult. There's a lot of tests. And I think after I watch these four non-conference games, once I see them play BYU, Howard, Louisville, Florida, if they can sneak a win against one of those teams, I will completely change my picture on this football team right now. But I just, I got to stay conservative just for the fear that if Gary Bohannon doesn't work out or the team around him just isn't performing to the expectations that we hope they can get to, I got to change my picture and I got to change where I'm putting this team at. But if this team can, then I can really distinguish if this team will be bowl eligible or not this year. So again, a lot to discuss here with this football team. This is USF is really in the state of Florida right now is the most intriguing college football team right now in the state of Florida. In my opinion, I really do believe that in terms, at least for group of five teams, maybe not as much for power five, but in terms of the entire state of Florida, I do think they are one of the top three intriguing college football teams here in the state of Florida heading into 2022. So it, that's just my opinion with it. But, uh, uh, going into the schedule again, I do think they lose to Baylor or B, not Baylor, BYU. Um, too much about Bohannon right now. Um, I do think they will win against Howard. Um, Howard already starting out own one. They ended up losing thirteen to twenty three in the Miak Swack Challenge in Atlanta, Georgia, to Alabama State last season. They finished three and eight, lost two games in twenty twenty. Now remember, twenty twenty was a very weird year. They played two games. That's it. They were 0-2, and it was in the spring. 
a very strange time. I'm not even going to count that season, to be honest. Um, Larry Scott's a head coach, and really kind of an interesting fact about this, Larry Scott played and coached at South Florida. So returning guy, coming back to the campus, coming back to the program, a uh, little reconnection, if you will. We'll probably see some stuff with that as well on September 10th. Um, the Howard game's interesting. Uh, you know, Howard's a rebuilding team as well, you know, coming into their third season and Larry Scott's third season as the head coach of that ball club. Um, you know, kind of an interesting battle because these are two schools that are trying to, you know, get back on track, if you will, in terms of, you know, their record and level of play and just, you know, their competitiveness in their conference. So should be an interesting matchup. It's the battle of the Scots, if you will, <laughs> Larry Scott and Jeff Scott. Um, I am going to go USF, though, to win this game. I do think Gary Bohan Jr. and the offense is um, – I do think they are better than Howard. I do think Howard may make it competitive, but I don't think they're as good as what some of our other FCS opponents we've faced the last couple of years, like Florida A&M is a very competitive school. They have a great coaching staff. I really like um, Florida A&M. I do think they're actually going to have a really good season this year. Um so I'm really looking forward to seeing how Florida A&M does because they're a really intriguing team and looking forward to their BCU game in the middle or in the later part of the season. But I, I do got to take USF over Howard. I think USF, I do think they're going to be the better team. I think, you know, they look at that BYU game, definitely are going to have a chip on their shoulder heading into week number two of the season. And you got to get a win over Howard, man. Um, if USF doesn't beat Howard, I have serious concerns heading into the remainder of the game of the season. And I have even concerns maybe a little bit against Temple. Again, it will depend on the play of this team against Howard. Like if the team loses by like a field goal and it's a game-winning field goal and the team played great, probably wouldn't really care as much. But if this team loses to Howard and actually loses to Howard, like loses – like the team just doesn't play well. Um, I will have some concerns. Um, the third week of the season, USF goes up against Florida on September 17th in the swamp. Um, I do have USF unfortunately losing this game. Uh, 0-2 in the series. Florida has won both games in the series, only three games between these two schools. Last game in Gainesville was in 2010. So it's been uh, 12 years since now, since we've seen a game in Gainesville for the South Florida Bulls. Again, last season, Really wasn't a fantastic game for the Bulls. Um, they really struggled in the first couple of uh, quarters of action. Second half, as we mentioned, 17-7 to outscored Florida last year in USF in Tampa. But uh, it was not really a great game. We had three quarterbacks play in this game. That doesn't really look good on the stat sheet. Um, so we, we had four in. Uh, we had McLean and we had Marsh all play last season. Um, and again, they got their TDs in the last 16 minutes. So USF really got garbage time TDs at that point by the time. Um, and Emory Go Jones ended up getting hurt that game. So Florida, you know, was kind of probably scrambling around. You know, Emory Jones, you know, probably didn't end up getting wanting to play again. I think he had to get off of a hamstring injury, I believe it was. So, um, you know, a lot of things had to change um, last season. Actually, excuse me, it wasn't Emory. It was. Richardson, who got hurt last year, and then Emory came into play. I, I apologize on that end. That was on me. But, uh, no, I do think um, I do think that USF is going to most likely lose this game to Florida. I do think they could make it competitive, but this is a tough place to play, man. When you play in the Swamp, it's tough. 
at night, especially as well. That place is going to be pretty packed, I believe. Um, I hope to see some USF fans when I'm, I'm at that game. I will be attending that game, actually, um, and, and hopefully get some coverage for that here for Florida teams. But, um, yeah, really very much looking forward to that game. But I do think Florida will end up beating USF. And then looking into our final out-of-conference game at Louisville, very interesting matchup. This is a very interesting rivalry because five and six in the series history – um, this was a really interesting rivalry back in the day. Um, again, Louisville was an AAC school. If you don't remember, before they joined the ACC, they were in the AAC in 2013 uh, when they changed the name from the Big East to the AAC. So Louisville coming back to play their former school, their former rival in the Big East, in the AAC, if you will, in the form of our South Florida Bulls. And uh, it should be very interesting, but I just wanted to point this out real quick. The quarterback for that game in 2013, the last game that we played against Louisville, was Teddy Bridgewater. So just kind of puts you into perspective how long ago that was. But this should be a really interesting matchup. Again, this is on a Saturday as well, but this is going to be a tough matchup. You got a guy like Malik Cunningham, a dynamic quarterback coming into this game, really is going to be a fun matchup. Malik Cunningham versus Gary Bohannon Jr., Two quarterbacks that I think really are going to hopefully have great seasons this year. Both guys, you know, coming off pretty nice years last year. Um, again, Bohannon with a nice season and Cunningham with a good year as well. Both guys are really going to be interesting to watch in this game. And I think it's going to be a really a battle for the quarterback. Which quarterback has a better day, I think, is really going to be kind of the story of the game. Obviously, the, you know, pre-stuff will be big with, you know, this being the first matchup since they left the conference for Louisville. So, Really going to be interesting matchup. Very excited to watch this game and really cover it. Um, I do think, though, Louisville gets the job done. It's in Louisville. Louisville's a tough place to play as well. Um, you know, this is not an easy schedule. BYU, Florida, Louisville, not easy games to start out the year at home or on the road and at home, excuse me. So should be really interesting to um, kind of see how they play out there. But again, I do think Louisville ends up beating USF, and I do believe that the South Florida Bulls start one and three in non-conference play. Looking at the remainder of the schedule, don't want to get into too much about the conference. We'll kind of get into more stuff as we go along. At home against ECU, on the road against Cincy the week after, at home against Tulane. Then USF has a bye week there. So again, they don't have a bye week till later into the middle of October. So kind of an interesting bye week with the way that's all kind of scheduled out, if you will. So again, Tulane on the 15th, uh, Houston on October 29th. I believe they have back-to-back bye weeks, if I'm not mistaken. So very interesting there to look at. Um, at Temple on November 5th, at home against SMU on November 26th or on November 12th. At Tulsa, November 18th, and at home against UCF on November 25th or 26th. They're still figuring out a date that will be announced on in uh, the month of October. So we'll get a actual official date for that game once the time comes. But overall, I think this team goes four and five. I do think this team goes four and five. Um, again, as I mentioned, it's going to be tough until we see this team in full force, and we'll see a lot of it Saturday. A lot of questions will be answered Saturday. And it's tough right now to make a prediction because I do think this team could go bowl eligible, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show. But I do think that this team still has a lot to improve on. So my conservative record is four and eight. I think that's a very respectable point. I think they beat Tulsa on the road. They beat Temple on the road. 
I do think they beat Tulane on at home, and I do end up thinking they'll beat Howard. I mean, Howard, I don't have any problem with them picking around. I think Howard is the one game where I think it's almost a lock that they will win that game. Tulane, Tulsa, Temple. I do think they'll beat Temple. I would say Temple is probably a lock too, but Tulane and Tulsa, I kind of threw in there. I think they will get wins over them. I think USF is a better team than both schools, in my opinion, even though the polls don't end up saying that. But uh, it's a tough schedule, man. Like, you look at it, I mean, you got BYU, Howard, Florida, Louisville, ECU, Cincinnati. Tough stretch right there to open up the year. Tulane, nice little breaker, if you will, even though I do think Tulane will cause some fits. I do think we have a shot at beating Tulane at home. Then you got back-to-back road games at Houston. Very tough game. I don't think we're going to win that game, but should be interesting with kind of the return, if you will, for Gary Bohannon Jr. back to Texas. So it should be interesting there to see how that plays out. At Temple, should be Temple. Temple, a lot of, you know, rebuilding they're going through right now in terms of the program. At home against SMU, SMU is going to be one of the top five, top four schools in the entire American. And then at Tulsa, and that's kind of a toss-up. I do see us, though, beating Tulsa. I do think we can beat Tulsa. Though Tulsa might bring a challenge. I do think Tulsa will be a little bit challenging, and I do, don't think it will be one of the easiest wins we'll get. I do think it will probably be one of the more nicer wins, if you will, in terms of the level of uh, of talent they have on Tulsa's team and just kind of where the team is at right now as we speak. But I do think Tulsa could be interesting. As for teams that I could see USF maybe winning and getting bowl eligible to get to that 6-6, six and six, because I don't think they'll get any better than 6-6. Six and six. Um, I could see them be ECU for sure. I could see them be ECU. And honestly, UCF. I think if there's two teams that I could see you beat is ECU. I think if you beat ECU, I think that's a, a respectable win. ECU is a, a very good football team. They're not great, but they're good. They uh, you know are bowl eligible last year, so not a terrible team to beat in the American. And then UCF, I mean, they're going to be a top team, but it seems like the last two years that Jeff Scott has coached, we've had a thriller game to finish out the I-4 game, the war on I-4. So I really could see UCF possibly losing to USF. I would not be surprised, especially if USF at that point is five and seven, they need a win or five and six, excuse me. They need a win to get into the bowl game. I could see USF winning just in terms of, you know, kind of the heart and spirit wanting to get into that bowl game, just the emotional, you know, tie to that game, that really being the final game. You got to think about it. UCF, they're going to be going to the big 12. So this is a final I four game that may end up happening between these two schools, which is really, really fascinating. A lot of stuff we'll talk about when we get into that game here on a later date. But a lot of stuff, obviously, with the schedule. We'll get really more into it as we kind of release our game previews here weekly on Florida teams. But, again, as we mentioned, we talked about Gary Bohannon Jr. and Jerry Mangum a lot, and we were gonna. I was really going to talk more about them here in this kind of player outlook portion of the show. But I really want to talk about more so some of the other positions. Tight ends is is going to be an interesting position. We got three junior tight ends heading into this upcoming season. Those three tight end positions are going to be really interesting. You got guys who are veterans. You got guys who are reliable. Chris Carter is a guy who I really have high hopes for. I do think Chris Carter is a very good tight end. I think he's got a lot of potential, and I think he could have a really good season this year. Uh, Chris Motilo and Jason Littlejohn, the other two junior tight ends as well on the roster, guys who have experience. This is a very experienced tight end room. As I mentioned with our secondary room, 
very experienced group of gen of gents, if you will, uh, for this USF program. And as for the receivers, Latrell Williams, a grad student heading into this upcoming season, he's going to be a guy that I'm interested to look out for. Jimmy Horn, another guy who I mentioned, younger, you know, kind of building himself up a little bit in this offense. Really intriguing to see how he could do um, with this receiving core. And again, the offense is really the big key here because the offense is going to be the make or breaker for this team. If the offense doesn't perform any better than what they did last year, this team has no hope. This team has no hope. Uh, and it's unfortunate to say now, but just what I'm saying as a guy who, you know, watches this team, has followed this team for the past seven years, this team has no hope, in my opinion. If, you know, if we aren't able to find a way to unfortunately, you know, build off this offense and kind of the lacklusterness of it, this team, in my opinion, doesn't have a shot. I, I, it's unfortunate, but I do think Gary Bohannon Jr. and the offensive pieces that we do have, because I know we have weapons. I do know that. Um, I do think we will build off of it because I think we we have the quarterback now that can kind of lead this team properly. Last season there was a lot of confusion of who the starter was, and I think having kind of a set guy now, Bohannon's your guy. There's going to be a lot of things you know you can really kind of focus more on outside of who's going to be my quarterback this week. Is it going to be Cade Foran or is it going to be Timmy McClain? So really going to be excited for some of that and really looking forward to seeing some of these players this upcoming season. We'll get more into some of these players because again, I'm probably going a little far here on some of this um, stuff here in the preview show, but we want to talk about the AAC in general and how this is going to affect play in the AAC this coming season with the expansion. A lot of teams moving. You know, we see UCLA and USC. They're going over to the Pac-12. Conference USA, they're bringing some guys in here to the AAC. So how does the expansion affect play for the upcoming season? And I think that's going to be a really fascinating thing to look at because you got three teams who are leaving. Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston. What is their mindset going into this upcoming season? What's the dynamic what's the strategy what's everything going into this upcoming season for those three teams because are they focused on this season which i would hope they are i mean you know competitiveness wise i would hope they are but the one thing i want to know is 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 those three teams are they going to be looking forward are they looking past this season and saying Next year's our big year. Next year is our looking year. And same thing goes for BYU, man. What is BYU's, you know, what's their exact mindset heading into this upcoming season? You're playing four teams that are transferring to the Big 12 in the schedule this year. What's the mindset for those four teams? And how does it affect USF chances against those teams? Like a team like Cincinnati is interesting because you don't have Desmond Ritter. There's a lot of changes coming with this program. So you wonder, how does UCF, how does their team, you know, or how does USF, excuse me, how does the dynamic change for Cincinnati moving to the Big 12, you know, how does USF maybe take advantage of that? You know, what's the mindset for these programs who are going to the Big 12 that are in the AAC affect their play on the field this season? And are they looking forward and building towards the Big 12? Because I imagine recruiting had to have changed this year for all these programs. Because 
you know, you got probably guys who are wanting to come in to be, get into that Big 12 era for those three programs here in the AAC and even for BYU as well. Um, so it's going to be very intriguing to see how the expansion will affect maybe some of the play, maybe the mindsets of these programs heading into the next few years and heading into this upcoming season, especially because really that's what we want to focus on. How can USF maybe take advantage of a team like Cincinnati who doesn't have a Desmond Ritter who's now lost him to the draft, lost a few other pieces. They do have Luke Fickle, who I will admit is a very good uh, head coach in the college football scene, if you will. But how does USF maybe take advantage and get a win against a Cincinnati or even a Houston? They could easily beat UCF. That's a little bit of a different situation because it is a rivalry game, and emotionally it means more to the players, more so than it does anybody else. So in my opinion, like emotionally speaking, USF, UCF, I you could pick any team to win that day, honestly. Like, there's no joking about that. You can pick either team to win that day. And both teams can be terrible, but you could pick either team to win that day. Now, a few years ago when UCF was like 1-12, maybe a little bit of a different story. But right now, where both teams are at, I do think you could pick either team to win the I-4, the war on I-4 game. I have no issue with you picking either team. So, in my opinion... I think it's going to be interesting to see how they play against Cincinnati, how they play against Houston, how they play against BYU at home. And we see BYU this weekend. And I think that's where we're going to leave it off. This weekend, man, is going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot of fun. BYU and USF, it's a great test game for this program. Great way to start out the season. Really a good, pretty good schedule. Like in terms of like, competitive teams will be facing a lot of competitive teams. So it's a good competitive schedule on that note, but does it benefit us in a way where we can kind of find our way into a bowl game? Unfortunately, that's not just not the case. We don't have a clear cut path to a bowl game this season. And unfortunately we're going to have to fight for our wins. And it's, I think going to be very exciting to watch because I do think we can make it to a bowl game at six and six. I think we are at least a six and six team, or I should say at most a six and six team. Because I just don't see us winning games like a Cincy, like a Houston, like a Florida, a Louisville, some of those power five schools, some of those top, you know, teams here in this conference. I just don't see us winning those games, but I do think we can grab a few wins against an ECU uh, against possibly a UCF in a rivalry game. You might be able to grab a game this weekend in the BYU game. You might be able to win that game this weekend. If you, BYU doesn't come out swinging out of the fences, I think if USF comes out hot on Saturday, don't be surprised if USF wins on Saturday and upsets BYU, and it would be amazing. Like, the crowd is going to be hot if we end up winning. Like, it's going to be it's gonna be a fun fun atmosphere if the usf bulls can knock off byu on saturday now obviously it'll be even crazier if we beat florida and louisville but granted it's a rank 25 school byu might end up being better than florida and louisville together so it's gonna be very interesting and very exciting to watch this team play this year and it's really gonna be an intriguing season for usf so lots to talk about here as we get through this upcoming season we will be talking about this team weekly as we will be having weekly game reviews as well as game recaps here on Florida teams. Again, my name is Dylan Spaulding covering USF sports for you guys here for the upcoming season. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you guys next time. And thank you for tuning into Florida Team.